God Mode, living life undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, everybody, welcome to God Mode. If you haven't heard, Osborne University, Osbury University has this amazing phenomenon happening right now. And, 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 and if you haven't heard, there's a revival currently happening at Osborne University campus in Kentucky. And I want to talk about three important lessons that we can learn, maybe pastors and leaders can learn by what's going on there. And before we do that, I want us to actually look at what's happening. In case you don't know, and we're going to take a look at what people are saying about it, what's happening, how it started, how it's going. And then I want to talk about three vital lessons that we can learn because there's so much that can be learned from this. I mean, there's many revivals that have taken place. There's many things that have taken place that have been called revivals. And there's an effect that it has on the church at large. And I think we're seeing something pretty significant happen right in front of us. And we don't want to miss it. So I want to talk about that right now. And I want us to look at what they're saying, what they're talking about. You know, an Osbury professor says, we're witnessing a surprise surprising work of God. While I'm hopeful about the revival breaking out in our chapel and its implication from the campus and beyond. And there was an article in Christianity Today put out a couple days ago. It says this, most Wednesday mornings at Ashbury University are like any other. A few minutes before 10, students bring, begin to gather in Hughes Auditorium for chapel. Students are required to attend a certain number of chapels each semester, so they attend to show up as a matter of routine. But this this past Wednesday was different. After the benediction, the gospel choir began to sing a final chorus, and then some people began to, what happened defies the easy description. Students did not leave. They were struck by what seemed to be quite but powerful sense of transcendence, and they didn't want to go. They stayed and continued to worship. They are still there. So essentially, this is what happened last Wednesday. They had a chapel service, and it was a normal chapel service, and people just didn't leave. And here's what it goes on to say. It says, I teach technology across the street at Asbury Theology Seminary. And when I heard of what was happening, I immediately decided to go to chapel to see for myself. When I arrived, I saw hundreds of students singing quietly. They were praising and praying earnestly for themselves and their neighbors and our world, expressing repentance and contrition for sin and interceding for healing, wholeness, peace, and justice. And, and that's just a tweet from Austin Wayford. He said, Osbury Chapel continued yesterday in waves of prayer and worship and gut-wrenching public confession. It was a significant and a spontaneous move, the spirit that lasted for hours. What a phenomenon to witness. Come Holy Spirit. And that was on February 9th. Now, that was a week ago that tweet happened. And and the last eight days ago, when there was no sign of it stopping anytime soon, and we continue reading, and it said, others were standing with arms raised. Several were clustered in small groups, praying together. A few more were kneeling at the altar rail in front of the auditorium. Some were lying prostrate while others were talking to one another, their faces bright with joy. I mean, they were still worshiping when I left that late afternoon. When I came back in the evening, they were still worshiping when I arrived early Thursday morning. 
By mid-morning, hundreds were filling the auditorium, and I've seen multiple students running toward the chapel each day. By Thursday evening, there was standing room only. Students had begun to arrive from other universities, like the University of Kentucky, Cumberland's, Indian, Wesleyan, Ohio Christian, Transylvania, Midlay, Lee, Georgetown, Mount Vernon, Nazarene, and many others. The worship continued throughout the day on Friday, indeed all through the night. On Saturday, I had a hard time finding a seat. By the evening, the building was packed beyond capacity. Every night, some students and others have stayed in the chapel to pray through the night. And as of Sunday evening, the momentum shows no signs of slowing down. So some are calling this revival, and I know that in recent years that term has been associated with political activism and Christian nationalism. But let me be clear, no one in Ashbury has that agenda. My colleague Steve Simmons, a retired theologian from the seminary, told me what is happening resembles the famous Ashbury revival of 1970 he experienced when he was a student. The revival shut down classes for a week and then went on for two more weeks with nightly services. Hundreds of students went out to share what happening with other schools. But what many don't realize is that Asbury has been even more extensive history with revivals, including one that took place as early as 1905 and another as recent as 2006, when a student chapel led to four days of continuous worship, prayer, and praise. Many people say that in the chapel, they hardly even realize how much time has elapsed. It's as almost though time and eternity blurred together as heaven and earth meet. Anyone who has witnessed it can agree that something unusual and unscripted is happening. As an analytic theologian, I am wary of the hype and the very wary of manipulation. I come from a background, in particular revivalist segment of the Methodist holy tradition, where I've seen efforts to manufacture revivals and movements of the spirit that were sometimes not only hollow, but also harmful. I do not want anything to do with that. So this is a concern that some have, right? That they, they've said that they've seen, it seems like there is no way that this could just have been spontaneous, unscripted situation. Like somebody had to create this, right? But this particular pest professor, he's saying he's wary of that and this is not true. I mean, be told this is nothing like that. There's no pressure or type. There's no manipulation. There's no heightened pitch or emotional fervor. To the contrary, they say it has been by far the most calm and sincere. The mix of hope and joy and peace is indescribably strong and indeed almost palatable. A vivid and incredible, powerful sense of of shalom. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is undeniably powerful, but also gentle. So he goes on to really describe what's happening here. But if you haven't seen this yet, I, I just, I've just been in inundated on social media and I'm sure you have with all the, the videos and I've seen friends that have been posting stuff you see it on YouTube you see it on TikTok people are live streaming it people lined up outside the door like I've seen people on Facebook posts that the line goes around for several football fields deep of people just trying to get in I mean it's really just stinking amazing and NBC News also posted about it and they kind of linked it to TikTok and so it says kind of this non-stop 
Kentucky prayer revival is going viral on TikTok, and people are traveling thousands of miles to take part. A Christian service at the College Chapel in Kentucky has ballooned into a nonstop prayer and worship session that some are calling a revival. People are traveling thousands of miles to take part in it after seeing videos go viral on TikTok. The growing event started as a routine chapel at service at Osbury University, a small Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky. According to the university employees, at the tail end of the meeting, a couple dozen lingering students assembled informally in a gathering that has now been going seven days straight for 24 hours a day. The first day we had a very ordinary service. I would would call it unremarkable, said the president, Kevin Brown, following a morning service on February 8th in this multicultural gospel choir sang on stage. Some students stuck around afterwards, and by the evening, more and more had trickled into the sanctuary, creating something special, said Brown. It is that has been absolutely been crazy. There has been a mechanism that people have found out about this. The president of university, Mark Whitmorth, said the setup is simple. No projector screens or high-tech integration, just wooden sanctuary chairs filled with people and an Alton altar called with invitation to prayer. That still hasn't ended. The equation has been a power. It's been on social media, TikTok, Instagram videos, hashtag Ashbury Revival is racking up millions of views. And at the time this article was published, the hashtag Ashbury Revival had 24.4 million views on TikTok. So it's pretty amazing what we are seeing and that is happening. And if you have not yet checked it out, all the posts, man, just go and look it up. It's an amazing situation. So what I would like to do is to draw three lessons that we as people, maybe some pastors, some leaders can take away from this because a lot can be said about this and the impact it's going to have on culturally and spiritually around. I think it's an amazing kind of resurgence of spiritual fervor that we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm very encouraged by a lot of it. But I think there are three lessons that we can take away. Maybe some pastors could take the, get this takeaway. And that's what I want to talk about just for the few more minutes here before we go. Number one, people are more spiritually hungry than we think. I think often we can get into this mindset where we begin to think that because of what we see out there in the terms of people deconstructing from faith or people deconverting from their faith, people walking away from the church and people People walking away from anything that is spiritual or anything that resembles the church or Jesus or his people. And pastors can become very discouraged about that and can start to think, is there anyone out there who is still hungry and still seeking after God? And from this, we can see that the work of God and the movement of God is still very much alive and well in people's hearts, regardless of what might be going on around them. People are more spiritually hungry than we think. Well, what does that mean for us? What are the implications of this? Well, it means that in our churches, we can learn, lean into that hunger and provide people with the substance and the sustenance that they need. I think often pastors tend to hold back because they don't want to overwhelm people. And I think people are saying, no, we want more. We want more of the word. We want more prayer. We want more of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We want to experience more of what God has for us. So they want more and they're more spiritually hungry than we might think. 
And there's a whole lot that we can take away as a church and maybe as pastors and leaders. Here's the second thing we can learn from this, that sometimes when we go off plan, that's when God moves the most. Now, I'm all about having a plan, but sometimes God can do and chooses to do the most when we go off plan. And sometimes we have to go off plan to see him work in our churches and in our people in ways that that maybe we we not seeing when we're on plan. So one of the things that we can learn from this is that we can see God working sometimes in a way that it isn't set up to see. And if you see God working in something, go off plan, let it roll. I think sometimes we get so locked in with the logistics. It's hard sometimes to do in a church setting, especially if there's multiple services and all this. But I think there's something that can be learned from this. Whereas you had a group of people who stuck around, who just wanted more, and they just rolled with it. And I think often in our churches, we tend to want to plan for when God's going to move and when God's going to work. And it might be that God would work and wants to work and will work even when we don't plan for that happening in the way we think that he should. So we can really learn from this going off the plan might be the time when God wants to work and pastors sometime with our young people that sometimes in a service, yes, and I understand these things. I know parents are coming for the kids. You've got things. But sometimes if God's moving, don't be so stuck to saying you got to end at a certain time. And I'm not saying it's when the youth pastor hasn't planned things out or ran over. I'm talking about when God moves, allow him to move. And parents, don't get upset, but become involved. And I think it's so important that we just let God move when he wants to move. And then finally, number three, the third thing that we can learn from this is that it doesn't have to be slick, cool, or modern to reach the world. If you look at the photos and the videos coming out of Osterberry, there's no lights, there's no fog, there's no incredible sound machine, there's no screens. It's just an old school university chapel with a lot kind of old school architect and the lights are all the way up and there's no nothing fancy going on. There's no celebrities leading worship. There's no dynamic speaker up there doing something amazing. There's no visuals, right? There's no art. It's just people communing together, convening together, and pouring their hearts out to God. And God is doing an amazing thing. What we can learn from this is it doesn't have to be slick, cool, or modern to reach the world. I think often we can get into this, especially if you're into the aesthetics, how things look, and it matters to you how it looks and feels. And I can be very much like that. I like things to look a certain way and feel a certain way. And sometimes it's good for me to watch this and go, okay, yeah, sometimes it doesn't have to be this amazing production for God to move. In fact, God can and does move in all kinds of situations, regardless of how slick or cool. I mean, it almost sounds ridiculous even to say this, but I think it's really, really helpful to remember that you've got thousands upon thousands of people and thousands upon thousands of young people flocking to this event, and there's nothing fancy about it. There's no celebrity appeal. There's nothing cool about it. It's just people who are meeting with God. 
And there's something about the rawness and the realness of that that I think is incredibly attractive. And it feels and looks authentic. And there's something that can be learned from there. I'm not sure exactly what the direction application for all this is, that people are more spiritual hungry than you think, that God can work sometimes even when we go off plan, and that sometimes that's where he really shows up and you don't have to be slick, modern, or cool to reach the world. I don't know. There's, I don't know if there's like a direct thing that, hey, do this next week kind of application for each of these. But I think all of these are really helpful to keep in mind that God is going to move when and how he chooses. And it's our job to be ready to receive that work from God and to lead people through it. And that's exciting. So if you're going to aspire, if you maybe you've been there and you've heard it, man, I'd love to hear it right in the comments somewhere. I know it's great to see and be a part of. I watched a lot of live streams, but I can only imagine what it's like to actually be there and to be a part of what God is doing. But again, I want to encourage you. Don't pass this by. Take it seriously. Stir in your heart. Ask God maybe what you could do where you're at with the people that you have yourself surrounded by. And I just wanted to leave you with that today. God bless you. I hope you're having an amazing time. As as you can tell, I'm excited. When God's moving, that's what excites me. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.